Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 175 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am your host, Eric Aloha Mahalo. Hang loose, Walquist. Hang 10. Joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse. Tom Hanks is saving Mr. Banks and saving Private Ryan? Which is it, Tom? Wilson. (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like Saving Mr. Banks looks like the movie that every mom has been waiting for their whole life. It's a mom. The role every mom has been waiting Tom Hanks to play. (laughs) Happy Walt Disney. (laughs) Sad Walt Disney. At what point did they blow up a bridge full of Nazis? (laughs) How out of the work loop are you right now? How out of oh because I'm on vacation now? Yeah, you're officially put kick off those loafers, Eric, and put on your flip flops. <laughs> I actually can't find my flip flops. I'm a little bummed about it. You're gonna have to go to ABC store. Don't yep. worry, that's an extra five dollars towards the free mug. <laughs> I'm excited. Dude, I've decided I'm gonna buy an Aloha shirt this time. Oh nice. Like last time Lydia and I went to uh Hawaii, we were dating. <laughs> this was like pre Hawaii. Pre, yeah, Hawaii. Uh, this was pre-engagement. So I was still like, I can't be too weird. <laughs> but now I got that locked down, so I'm going full aloha. Mm. You know? You got me gulping on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... You should, I mean... Yeah. You're, you're making this gradual transition into dad mode. Why not? I'm going to be That's wearing total dad move. All white sneakers pretty soon <laughs> with crew socks. Yeah, Jordy's been on that one for like 20 years. Well, he's he wears the running shoes. I'm talking like the Costco uh, Velcro. Can we just take a minute to realize that Jordy was born a dad? <laughs> he was born in dad mode. He was born in dad mode. And that's why I think we love him so much because we can all look up to him. Yeah, he's really the dad of the group. He's the dad we never had. And, like, Levi's, like, the crazy uncle. No, you're the crazy uncle. Yeah, I'm definitely the crazy uncle. Levi's the weird cousin that, like, you see at the family reunion and you, like, can't really talk to them because Mm -hmm. you don't have anything to talk about, but you're, like, related to them. Mm -hmm. And he's from the religious side of the family, even though you're not religious. Yeah, it's like you can't have, uh, you know, 4th of July on the 4th of July because of the Jehovah's Witnesses in the family. (laughs) I got that going on. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, totally. My dad's side of the family is like his cousins. So it's like pretty distant. Uh, they are Jehovah's Witnesses. So we have this big family reunion every 4th of July. Except it's not on the 4th of July. Because if it's on the 2nd of July and we happen to get together and barbecue and light some fireworks, that's okay. But just not on the 4th of July. See, this is the thing I don't get about religious people. Okay. You think there's an omnipotent power who's in control of everything and knows everything, but you think you're going to get him with, like, it was the second. Snuck that one by you. God. Got you. Yeah. Be it your own game, God. Be- <laughs> I don't think people think they can, like, skirt the rules. Yeah, it's loopholes. you got to find the biblical loopholes. <laughs> I've, I've thought about this. Like, if I was a religious person, I would never shut up about it. Like, if I really thought that people like died and went to hell i would never stop trying to get them to go to heaven well and that's what a lot of people do i know like i totally understand like if i believe that i'd be going nuts all the time i'd be like don't look at that don't say those words <laughs> yeah you're gonna burn in hell forever 
Well, what are you going to do, man? I empathize. Merry Christmas, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I celebrated on the 23rd. Yeah. You've, you're like Venezuela. You've just like picked your own Christmas. <laughs> Did they do that? Yeah. They decided that November 1st was the beginning of the Christmas season. The president declared that. And then he also ordered a store. <laughs> you're in an electronic store to slash all their prices and sell all of their inventory. I am <laughs> not like even joking. That so bad. <laughs> like, we're not making money. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's that's what happens, you know? Best Buy. I should have opened a worst buy at these prices, Presidente. <laughs> I'll take care of this. Oh, man. What are you drinking this week, buddy? Uh, I'm just drinking, well, coffee. Oh, and yeah. also free beer from work. So hopefully keep it even keeled. <laughs> Obviously, I failed at this task. <laughs> All right. Well, I am drinking the uh, cozy sweater from the Iron Horse Brewery in Ellensburg, Washington. Vanilla and milk stout. This is their winter seasonal. I'm going to give it a taste. Caught me slurping. Mm. Bay caught me slurping. Dude, this straight up tastes like chocolate milk. Mm. I'm not even joking. Is that good or bad? I think it's good, man. It's got, it's like malty chocolate milk. One time I bought this bottle of uh, wine that mm-hmm. was like chocolate milk wine. Oh, yeah. And at first I was like, this is delicious. Then I drank like half of it. I was like, I will never, ever touch this again. <laughs> well, you know, you can't eat the whole box of sugar cookies. <laughs> but I can drink the whole bottle of wine. That's okay. <laughs> If I buy a bottle of wine, I expect to drink the whole damn thing. I don't want to save it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Lydia kind of uh, makes fun of me because I go along with that philosophy that I like. I will not save a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Same with like a case of beer. Well, <laughs> got to polish it all off in one day. The twenty-four can brick of right. Milwaukee best. I think we've all been there. Oh yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm on my way right now. All right. Well, uh, Jesse, anybody dedicate this episode to? Uh, yes. I say that we, in the spirit, at least in the spirit that I'm enjoying right now, mm-hmm. I'm dedicating it to my comrade, friend, I think maybe a soulmate on a certain level, Rob Ford, mayor of Toronto. <laughs> You know that Rob Ford's uh, like approval ratings are like over fifty percent. I believe it. I like him. It's crazy, man. I think he should be the commissioner of the NFL. <laughs> he loves football. He's always wearing football jerseys. Yeah, he loves the Argonauts, dude. But who doesn't love the Argonauts? That's true. I mean, that's such a bandwagon team. It is. Uh, I, you know, if he had like a Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders jersey, then he would have some real cl- cred. Right. But, I mean, where are you going to find one of those? The loser store? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm more of a BC Lions fan myself. Yeah, me too. BC Lions for life. Orange and black. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to some voicemails this week, some listener feedback. We got some good phone calls. And uh, the first one comes to us from all the way out in New Jersey. Here they are. Hey, guys. It's Priscilla. Um... I think I was the first girl to ever call your podcast. And then I said, I'm not going to do this ever again because I sound like a kid. <laughs> but today, I actually had my first arrogant bastard, and it was delectable. Granted, it's on a Tuesday, and I had it like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but that's how awesome my day was. Um, That's it. I love you guys. I still really have no idea what you're talking about with... 
board games and beer, but I'm learning baby steps, baby steps, just like I tell my students. And yes, I'm a teacher. <laughs> Have a fantastic day. Goodbye. <laughs> I love and yes, off, I'm a teacher. Get off my back. Well, get Three off my back. Three o'clock on a Tuesday, huh? <laughs> get off my I, back. But guess what? She's not done. Priscilla decided to call us back. So let's see what she has to say in part two. So now she call us twice. Hello, it's Priscilla again. I just wanted to ask you guys because I really don't hear you talk about hard liquor. I wanted to know if you ever had coquito. It's like Spanish eggnog, and it's. Re- ridiculously um, uh, potent, like, I don't know, 50, 80, 100 proof, depending on who makes it. It's really, really scrumptious, but um, it needs to be refrigerated. I was thinking of sending you some, but I'll probably drink the rest of the bottle by uh, Christmas. I so I'm just curious, you know, um, have you ever had some? Okay, I think I'm done today. Bye-bye. All right. Priscilla, great job. I've never had that. I have had the Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog. Which I, I'm just wondering if this is this repackaged. If it's just like, it depends on where you're at. Because you could get the Pennsylvania Dutch stuff and it's also like cream and you have to have to uh, refrigerate it. Not uh, a big fan of the cream liqueurs. Yeah, that's the uh, that chocolate milk wine I had was very creamy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a uh, kind of notorious thing. Uh, my aunt got us, you know, she my mom like loves Bailey's and cream. She loves it. It's like her favorite. Uh, it's like one of the only alcoholic drinks she actually drinks. And uh, somehow, you know, my my aunt, who is, you know, she this is out of her love for us. She bought me and my sister um, like this, like kind of off-brand Bailey's and oh <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, and uh, it became like this notorious thing of us like trying to ditch this stuff and <laughs> trying to give it to each other. And finally, I had the uh, I had the the plan here because I got invited to a Christmas party that I knew would just have like one of those bars that's just a bunch of bottles of liquor on the kitchen counter. So I just kind of snuck it onto the kitchen counter and left it there. And uh, it's like a fruit cake. It's like modern fruit cake, off brand cream Christmas liqueurs. Yeah, that uh, Omera stuff is pretty harsh. Yeah, that's what it is. It's Omeras. Yeah. Uh, I got. I won a bottle of that at your engagement. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what we did with the other bottle. Is yeah. We gave it away at the engagement party. And then I put it in my work locker. Uh huh. And um, drank it a little bit, but maybe like a tenth of it, and I think I threw it out. <laughs> so there you go. Well, Jesse, I, w- I wish that you would have kept it and handed it off to another person. Maybe we could have sent it to Priscilla. <laughs> a little exchange, a hostage exchange. <laughs> yeah, a liqueur hostage exchange. No, this could be the new like icing or whatever it was. It mm-hmm. was like the bro thing where if you got down on a knee and presented a like a natty ice, right? You had to drink it. Yep. You could have to, you could make someone chug an entire <laughs> half gallon size oh. bottle of Omeras. You got Omarid. <laughs> yeah, Oof. and now you're dead. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the next voicemail. This one comes to us from the dulcet drawls of Dr. Roger Dotsey. Hey, guys. It's Roger Dotsey here. Man, I can't believe it. The week always gets away from me. I always, for the listeners who don't know, it's Wednesday, and I always, I'm almost out of my calling window. Anyway, I just wanted to call and weigh in on uh, the Fantastic Football League Christmas edition. I figure if I, I loved what you did with uh, my 
am- am- amalgamation of my thoughts, uh, but i got to get in on it. So I'm going to take people you've got undrafted. I'm going to make my own team. Here we go. Quarterback, Buddy the Elf. Go watch the Snowball scene. Dude's got accuracy, range, and power. I know he's a little crazy, but if you can get him focused, man, he's he's good. He's good with that. Uh, number two, running back. Uh, we're going to go with, uh, shoot. We'll, we'll get back to that. I forgot my running back. <laughs> Wide receiver, we got the Grinch. He's got those long, Grinchy fingers. Uh, we're going to go with hard, big Grinch because that way he'll be motivated to participate. Um, uh, linemen, we're going to go with nutcrackers. Yeah, just try to get through those bad boys. <laughs> I mean life-size nutcrackers, some big old honking things. Uh, let me see. Kicker. Who is, who is a good kicker? Uh, let me call you back. I forgot my kicker and my running back. <laughs> <laughs> Here's part two. Okay. Got it. Sorry, I didn't want to subject everybody to a bunch of uhs and ums. Kicker, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I can't believe you left him undrafted, Eric. Uh, he's got that nose. He'll be able to see in adverse conditions and guide right through the upright. Running back, ghost of Christmas present. The dude is huge. He's unstoppable, and if he tries to get tackled, he can just disappear. He just move around the field. Try stopping him. Uh, and then, Coach, I'm going with Frosty the Snowman. Talk about a motivating factor. If you know your coach is going to melt away very soon and not going to be able to enjoy this victory for many months more, that's motivation. That is motivation. So let's win it for Frosty. And uh, finally... Uh, we've got colors and team names. Team names were the Slayers, obviously spelled with, like, a Christmas sleigh, one horse open sleigh. And, uh, I'm gonna go uniform colors, something that hasn't been done before. We're gonna go with an eggnog cream colored uniform with red trimmings. <laughs> red accent colors. I think it look good. Alright, guys. <laughs> I'm very Merry Christmas. Good work. And I uh, look forward to hearing your cat. Get off my back. Get off my back, doctor. Get off my back molars. Yeah, get off my uh, back incisors. There you go. Sir. He says that um, having a coach that's going to melt away and disappear soon is going to help the team out. But I don't think it's going to help the Redskins out at all. Because <laughs> the Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan. Shanahan goof. What can I say, man? The NFL... It's got it's uh, full of goofs. Losing ref- record after like four seasons. Didn't I? Uh, didn't I? I thought I had Rudolph for my uh, for my kicker. You had. Oh, oh I had no. I had Blitzen. Yeah, you had a, you had a different reindeer. Right. All right. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our listener feedback for this week. If you want to give us a call, please do so three six zero three six two zero zero two four, and we promise we'll put it on the show. That's our promise to you, and uh, it's backed up with a personal arrogance guarantee. So do it, because it's fun, and you'll never regret it. The end. <laughs> Jesse, ready for a little tiny bat roll-off? Yeah, I, oh. I'm sorry. I thought that was the end of the podcast. Well, what can I say? If you if you put in that beautiful of a bow on a present, you got to give it to somebody. <laughs> Am I right, Roger Dotsie? I can't do the accent. 
What's that? You sound like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> what if Roger Dotsy is just Matthew McConaughey? Oh, yeah, but he doesn't want his cover blown. Too right. bad we deciphered that one. He's come up with this elaborate backstory that he like went to dental school and then moved mm-hmm. to Indianapolis. and This makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew McConaughey, you've been found out. Uh, so Jesse and I are going to roll a 20-sided die each. So he gets to talk first on the podcast this week, and away we go. I rolled 15. Ooh, I rolled lucky number 13, but not lucky enough today. So, Jesse, you go first. Yeah, I got to defer. You're going to defer? Yeah, I like when you lead off. All right, here we go. I'm going to eat your this thing. <laughs> so, uh, this week, I'm going to talk about movies. Do you know what nemesis means? So uh, this week a trailer came out, and this was the second trailer in the past like two months that actually gave me goosebumps. Oh, so yeah, more pimples kind of guy, more goose pimples guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to Jesse. I'm going to play you the trailer. I'm going to see if you can guess what movie this is for. Okay, okay. just from the audio because the audio itself is really good. And uh, it sounds like I'm being sarcastic right now, but I'm literally not. Okay, that just makes me sound more sarcastic. I'm just going to play the clip. Here it is. Gentlemen, you are being sent in via Halo Jump. Now, I realize not all of you have had hands-on experience. And frankly, none of us have ever faced a situation quite like this one before. I would not be asking any one of you to take this leap if I did not have complete faith in your ability to succeed. Your courage will never be more needed than it is today. Guess what movie that's for, Jesse? Reign of Fire 2, Two Dragons, mm-hmm. Two Furious. <laughs> Speaking of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah. No, New Godzilla. You got it. Yeah, I saw a uh, movie poster that had like guys with uh, parachutes. Yep. Like dropping on Godzilla back. I am. Uh, this, this trailer is, is like 
really got me excited for this movie. And and the original teaser that they showed at Comic-Con that they later released really did it too. And this is a movie that I think everybody should be groaning about. I mean, it's like we've we've had Transformers, uh, you know, we've had Cloverfield, and this is Godzilla, okay? It's hard to get excited about Godzilla, especially if you grew up in a millennial generation, because your iteration of Godzilla is the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Mm-hmm, AKA right. the best one, so there's no <laughs> way they can top that. Exactly. So, and, and you know, we've had enough disaster porn movies. Like, we kind of get it, right? Like, how can they make this, how can they make this, you know, actually exciting? But there are a couple things uh, that I really like, at least about the way that they are marketing this film. So, first of all, they're really, you know, they're using a lot of imagery that is, um, they're using a lot of imagery that is reminiscent of, of recent events. Things that look like tsunami aftermath, or earthquake aftermath, um, and you know an interesting thing about this this movie is that it's directed by Gareth Edwards. This is his second directorial film. His first one was called Monsters, which is about these cephalopodic aliens uh, that uh, are in Mexico, and then we like built this wall. It's available on Netflix if you want to watch and kind of get a precursor for what this guy is about. Um, but basically, he's a guy who learned how to do. Uh, CG special effects in his own bedroom and then just started making movies and then made this monsters movie and then this next movie is is Godzilla so uh, there's it, it's it's really quite interesting and then the other thing that I really love about this is this this conveys kind of that terror that you want from a monster movie like that Lovecraftian terror that I think gets lost in this disaster porn giant CGI phase that we live in today, that actual terror of like an earth destroying monster. That's what I get from these, you know, trailers. And that's something that, that I get excited about from them. Yeah. It, it should be the type of terror that lives in your stomach, your head. Mm-hmm. Not like, wow, that thing crashed down and it looked like a big explosion, but more of like anticipation. Right. Because after all, it's all supposed to be a, like an allegory for the destruction of the nuclear age. Exactly, which I loved about the Comic Con trailer. So I'm going to actually play the quote that they use. This is from J. Robert Oppenheimer, who you might recognize his name from the Oppenheimer Foundation, who sponsors everything on PBS and NPR. Uh, but that was, you know, kind of a um, a Nobel uh, backlash to his or Nobel counterpoint to his creation of the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so this is the quote that was used in the original comic con trailer and it's eerie, man. This is an eerie, eerie quote, especially if you go on YouTube and look it up, see the look on his face while he's saying this stuff, basically creating a world destroying instrument. This is the, this is the wrath that, that lays on his soul. We knew the world would not be the same. Two people laughed few people cried most people were silent I remembered the line from the Hindu scripture the Bhagavad Gita Vishnu is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty and to impress him takes on his multi-armed form and says now I am become death the destroyer of worlds <laughs> 
I suppose we all thought that one way or another. I mean, God, that's like one of the most powerful quotes ever from like the guy yeah, who created the atomic bomb. So they, you know, and I love that they're going back to that allegory of saying, yes, this Godzilla and these, the kaiju movies that came out in the 50s in Japan were a direct response to the massive disaster that everyone actually felt uh, right. in that country during the bombings of, of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So, great. I love the callback there. Another thing that I love is that in this trailer, they utilize one of the scariest, one of the actual, a, a, absolutely most terrifying scores uh, from any movie ever. And that's, of course, a score from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. When they, whenever they discover a monolith, this creepy, creepy choir gnashing of teeth noise comes out. I actually have the clip here from 2001. This song, uh, if you want to call it a song, it's, it's, it's the soundtrack was used in the trailer for this Godzilla movie. Here's the, here's the clip from 2001. And that's a, that means we got something on our Facebook. <laughs> but like seriously, like this is this is like terrifying. Like they are really evoking that, you know. And, and you could easily say that Lovecraft was the original monster guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know. There's monsters in the Bible. There's the Leviathan. There's monsters in ancient texts. But bringing the monster into the modern age was H.P. Lovecraft. These terrifying creatures that were. Uh, gods basically that were invulnerable and that would destroy the world. That is what they're evoking with this Godzilla. It's not a creepy guy in a uh, rubber suit. This is a world destroying force that is invincible. That's what I want in my monster movie. Like what made Lovecraft so good, and I think it makes a lot of storytelling good, it's kind of less is more. It's mm-hmm. not about seeing the monster take down the Space Needle or the Golden Gate Bridge. It's about seeing how the humans are reacting mm-hmm. to the situation. That's what I feel like evokes more fear is not in the monster itself, but in the way the characters are kind of reacting to even like potential, you know, stuff. Not necessarily what's happening right now, but what could happen in the future. And that I, I feel like that's where you get those where you really relate to those feelings like that clip you just played. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's anxiety. Yeah, exactly. That's not like, that's not a building being torn down. It's, you know, that kind of gut clenching anxiety that you get. Yeah. And that's what you want. For, that, that's why I'm, I'm very excited about this movie. It doesn't come out until uh, summer of next year, but they are marketing the shit out of this thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why aliens was so good. Yeah. Or, or Alien, the original Alien, was very suspenseful, and you didn't see the actual Alien except for tiny glimpses mm-hmm. for a long time in the movie. And then when you did see him, it was just like a quick five seconds as a guy was getting destroyed. But right. it was more about suspense, and sound played a lot into driving that suspense in that movie. And uh, like the ship's engines make this constant sort of like, whoa, whoa. Well, whoomp sound, you mm-hmm. know, that you might not even notice it, but it you, it starts to make your heartbeat raise because it sounds like, you know, someone's heartbeat speeding up next to you. Right. 
Yeah, man. I, I'm excited for this movie. I I, uh, I trust Gareth Edwards. Like I said, if you haven't seen Monsters, it is on Netflix. You should stream it. Um, it's not. It's it's got a lot of these same elements, but the ending of it is very like poignant and beautiful, which is uh, different than I think most people expect from a monster movie. Uh, but uh, and plus, this movie stars. It's got Elizabeth Olsen in it, who's been blowing up lately. Um, and then it also stars this guy named uh, Brian Cranston. So I haven't heard of him. I haven't Which heard one of him. the Olsen twins is he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm excited about this movie. Godzilla uh, couldn't be more excited about it. And uh, it's uh, it's creeping up on my most anticipated movies of 2014. 2014, I don't know what this uh, summer is going to be like. You got Captain America coming up. But really, 2015 is is the is the year when you're going to get smacked over the face with a ton of movies. You're talking about Star Wars Episode Seven. You're talking about uh, The Avengers 2. You're talking about um, Ant-Man. You're talking about the next Batman and Superman movie. Like, 2015 is going to be jam-packed full of stuff. I'm excited to see what uh, 2014 brings in uh in 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 leading up to this kind of massive movie blockbuster year that we're going to be hitting uh the year after that but that's yeah, movie news buddy what's you think i'll go to how many movies yeah uh i'm gonna my give, track record uh, i'm gonna go three i might see star wars if uh people say it's good <laughs> You're not even gonna go see it just just because it's Star Wars. I've been burned too many times. That's true, man. I've I saw Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith exactly once. Yeah. So each. Um. Then I think that's enough. All right, Jesse. What's your what's your first topic? Well, speaking of monsters, I want to talk about one of Earth's most scary real life monsters mm-hmm. in a little segment we call science. Science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott. Great stuff. Great Scott. So um, you might be saying, what is scarier than a four-headed dog with six legs? (laughs) I'll tell you what. (laughs) Sorry. It's one, one of my favorite uh, reptiles, the chameleon. Chameleon. So some scientists have been doing their science stuff with a chameleon. Mm-hmm. And they're saying a chameleon's ability to change color uh, might not be about camouflage after all. What's but according about? to a new study, the chameleon uh, behavior, uh, male chameleons change color is a display of virility. Rather than a way to blend into their environment. Hello. So instead of, you know, we always think you scare the chameleon and uh, it uses its camouflage to defend itself. Instead, it's just like, I see you, but look at how virile I am. I can change my body to look like leaves. (laughs) Don't you want to do me? Yeah, but you want to do me now, huh, Predator? (laughs) He was talking to the predator from what? the predator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what is the uh, reasoning behind this? Okay. So after after conducting a number of experiments with male chameleons, researchers from Arizona State University Party School found mm. that color shifting was a way for them to keep their territory or win a female. The study published 
in the Journal of the Royal Society Biology Letters, pretty good journal, right. notes that the display of power seen in chameleons is similar to the way some animals bare their teeth or drag their hooves. Oh. Well, hoof uh, dragon. So I guess it's more of like a show of toughness. So according to HNGN, whatever that is, scientists paired 10 chameleons off in gladiator-like face-offs to see how they reacted. They put them together in 45 different combinations and left them alone for 30 minutes, documenting their movements with hidden cameras. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love hidden cameras, because if, if they <laughs> yeah. know they're being filmed, then they won't do it. <laughs> they're terribly camera shy. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 so in cases where the pair did not engage each other, in other words, there was no headbutting, lunging, or biting, the chameleon with the duller stripes mm-hmm. along his body usually backed away from the chameleon with the brighter stripes. What's when the that? chameleons did engage in battle, the one that morphed more quickly and changed to brighter colors regularly won. Poof. So I feel like maybe it's also a defense mechanism, but it also helps prove who has a bigger boner. It makes sense, dude, because if you look at this from an evolutionary standpoint, right? They're uh, showing off. They're showing off, but they're showing their evolutionary prowess that they have the ability to change yeah. color more dynamically than another male. I mean, They're showing what they're capable of. Right. I mean, this is why you go to the bar and you punch the biggest guy in the room, which I'm I terrified of. That. Because I would never do that. I'm usually the biggest guy in the room. I'm really oh. scared that that will happen one day. But it probably won't happen on the. Maybe if I go to the East Coast, it'll happen. You need to learn to uh, turn into uh, chameleon stripes. Exactly. That's it. But yeah. So are you buying this? I am I guess buying. You are it. buying it. It's about boners, and it's also <laughs> because also like if you scare a chameleon, it'll change into whatever color it's standing in front of, right? Well, I just think, I don't know if it's about boners. Well, it's about proving that they have rad boners. It, okay, okay. Uh, I I think that, I think that, yeah, like you said, from an evolutionary standpoint, like, that's what you do, right? You, like, you want, you know, from a female standpoint, you want to mate with, like, the strongest, uh, whatever, the strongest species, strongest member of the species. That's what, you know, lions right. do. A lion will come in and kill the old guy and then uh, mate with all of the ladies and kill all of their cubs that were from that old guy. It's like lions are brutal. This is just lions in chameleon form. Like you want the highest evolutionary species. And if your species is all about changing color to stop predators, then you want the guy who can change colors the best. Yeah. I do like that. Apparently this, uh, so they, they do like a standoff sometimes mm-hmm. and then don't fight. The I like one's it like, too. yeah, your colors are way radder. <laughs> They're way. I love it, dude. It's like an art, to, an art off. Like basically, <laughs> this is like rap battling. Yeah, it is. Like it's this is like you know eight mile. They're just down there. Mackay Pfeiffer's there with a the microphone. He's in between them, and he's like, "Yo!" And then they like start a beat, and then they start changing colors. And who can ever do it the fastest? Like everybody knows it. Yeah. I yeah, will. I really. Cool. I'm into it. I wonder because, like, how does this apply to octopi? Who mm-hmm. can also change colors? Is that strictly defensive? Does this apply to all of the uh, camouflaging animals? It's interesting, especially you know with cuttlefish, because you know what, cuttlefish like my my top two favorite animals, cuttlefish. Yeah, way up there in my least favorite. But go on. <laughs> like cuttlefish and three-toed sloths are battling hard for my favorite animal. Have you quick? Have you seen the 
Ellen DeGeneres where she gives out all the prizes. <laughs> you mean like, like for her, Christmas? Her show? On her show. Okay. Like she does the Oprah thing now where she gives out all the stuff. Okay. She has a giant cri- guy in a Christmas sloth outfit. Mm-hmm. And it's really bizarre. It just makes me think like this is why the terrorists hate us. <laughs> she's giving like everyone goes ape shit. They're like, She's like, you're all getting uh, flat screen TVs. And everyone just starts losing it. And then this person comes out in a giant sloth outfit and is like swaying its arms up and down and dancing around. And everyone just dances and screams. And it's all like this weird, uh, <laughs> like, orgy of consumerism. It's really bizarre. How is the sloth a representation of consumerism? I don't know. That's the thing that's the weirdest part of it to me. I'm like, why is it a Christmas sloth? At well, first I was like, that's a brown snowman. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's a dirt. That's a slushy snowman. <laughs> that is a dirty, gross snowman. Oh wait, it's a sloth. It has long arms and sloth claws and everyone is screaming right now because they just got a $300 gift card to Petco. This is weird. <laughs> And the main Nazi from the Blues Brothers is leading it all for some reason. Really? Oh, I, I think Ellen DeGeneres looks like the main Nazi from the Blues Brothers. That's actually true. Yeah. A little known fact, her first role. Uh, well, I think, you know, if you were like me and you worked out at the gym at the time when Ellen was on <laughs> yeah. at the gym, then you would understand that this is all a callback to when Kristen Bell was a guest on Ellen DeGeneres and she told a story about a sloth and how her husband brought a sloth to her and she freaked out and it went viral. And so the first time they said, oh, we have a sloth here. And then she started crying and they're like, no, actually we don't have a sloth. But then the second time she came, they did really have a sloth. And now there's like this sloth connection on Ellen. And I think that's probably oh, where it comes from. It's a sloth back. That's yeah. a sloth themed callback. These are the type of things you can only understand if you're on an elliptical reading the captions of Ellen while it's on TV. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I forgot uh, why I derailed us for that. Something about sloths. Something about cuttlefish. This is what oh, cuttlefish do. There's two different things about cuttlefish. Cuttlefish females will mate with, you know, obviously the biggest, baddest cuttlefish. But then there's also the cunning cuttlefish, who may not be the biggest or baddest. But they can come in and disguise themselves as ladies, and then they, like, come in sideways, and then they fertilize the eggs, and then they leave. What? Totally true. So (laughs) there's, like, two different things for cuttlefish. You're either the biggest, baddest cuttlefish on the block, or you're the most cunning cuttlefish on the block, and you could sneak in there. I think personal arrogance needs to evolve into a... uh... Like a Comedy Central mm-hmm. animal show. Yeah, Cuddlecast. <laughs> <laughs> the Cephalopod cast. Oh, that's good, man. That's real good. I could talk about cephalopods for an hour a week. Well, yeah, but I think we should we should be like uh, Kratz Creatures for adults. Mm-hmm. Dude, you watch Kratz Creatures? Yeah. This is another favorite. kindred spirit moment. <laughs> I love Kratz Creatures. I think a lot of kids watch that. I don't know, man. You got to be a PBS kid. The only reason I actually thought about this is because mm-hmm. the, the Kratz guys, right? they have a TV show for kids now that's like animated. Oh, really? But oh, yeah, they with do the, the lemur. They do the intro in like live action, mm-hmm. and they look exactly the same. Like They have not aged <laughs> a day, a single day. Maybe they just use the intro from the old show. And that's why no, they did no, animated no, no, no. because they it's like new, 
stuff for new each episode. Th- oh, new also, stuff. Also, um, like, the theme of the episode is they're, like, animal guys, and mm-hmm. they have these suits, and they can, like, plug in the essence of whatever animal they want, so they can be, like, in wolf mode or... Love it. Falcon mode. Total ripoff from Mario, but go. A little bit, but, um, yeah, besides that, there's not much of a plot. <laughs> I love this, dude. The, the main thing is I want to see chameleon gladiatorial fights on TLC. Yeah, they got week. the hidden cameras. So they got the, Yeah, it's all done. Sometimes they do the flashy, uh, the flashy colors. Sometimes they just straight up headbutt each other to death. <laughs> that you would be know. something to like for the halftime of the Puppy Bowl for next year, maybe. Oh, yeah, chameleon gladiatorial fight. Yeah, that would be sick. Beautiful. Anyway, I am a little bummed. If the CX are in the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be able to watch the Puppy Bowl. Don't worry, they play the Puppy Bowl all day. All right, thank you. It's not like they only play it during the Super Bowl. That thing <laughs> runs all day and probably all the next day. <laughs> Don't fret. All right, uh, so we're that's gonna... a that's a penalty for unnecessary rough, rough, roughness. <laughs> all right, we're gonna move on to a little tiny uh, trivia. And uh, I'm going to roll a six-sided die to see which Genus 1 Trivial Pursuit category we're going to do. Jesse, we've had a lot of luck lately with us with arts and literature, which makes me think we should give entertainment a second chance. We did roll a two. You want to well, give entertainment a chance? Your call. Mm, all right, let's look at the first question, and then we'll make a call. <laughs> the question is, what film introduced the song New York, New York? No. I, no. Skip category. This is uh this would be a stupid answers question if it were in Jeopardy, because the answer is New York, New York. There you go. All right, let's roll one more time. I got a three. It's history time, and uh, it is customary to remind everyone that Jesse has a bachelor's degree in history every time we do. Yep. Uh, history category. All right, Jesse. This question's for you. What war did Johnny Reb and Billy Yank fight? Uh, Johnny Red and Billy Yank. Johnny Reb. Reb. Oh, it's gotta be the um, Crimean War. Just kidding. Civil War, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'll just go with uh, the Revolutionary War. It is the United States Civil War. Jesse, were you referring uh, to the not United very States? Specific. I was talking about the Spanish Civil War. I thought by your inflection you meant the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, I did. You okay. caught me. So Jesse has questions for me. What British monarch reigned the longest? I mean, Queen Elizabeth II has been on the throne forever. She's been on the throne for like 55 years. Uh, I'm going to go with Queen Elizabeth I. You're not thinking like 1981, dog. I'm going Victoria. All right. Queen Victoria, you got it. Yeah. I, I mean, she's got like 30 years since that question was printed, so. No, that's Queen Elizabeth II, dude. Queen Victoria oh. was like back in the day. No, no, no. You said Queen. You said that, though. I said Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, I thought you I, I thought you meant the current queen. Doesn't matter, you still got it. Queen Vicky, who uh the capital of British Columbia is named after Go Lions. All right, Jesse, <laughs> this question's for you. <laughs> what was the one word headline of the London Star on December tenth, nineteen thirty six? Uh capitulation. I'm gonna go with crash. Abdication. Oh, that makes sense. That was when uh, the king abdicated the throne, and then the stuttering king became the king, and then they yeah. created that movie sixty years later sure called the King's the, Speech. Exactly what the story is there. I don't like to talk about English. 
<laughs> it's Stop. he ma- he wanted to marry an American actress, and he couldn't yeah, do right. that if he uh, if he were king. So he abdicated the throne and gave it to his stuttering brother, who then triumphantly gave a speech. How does that work? You're the king. You make all the rules. Pro- okay. <laughs> I know. New rule. I get to marry whoever I want. I'm the king. Problem solved. I think Henry VIII kind of ironed that out for everybody. Yeah. That you just make I'll, shit up. Kinda- I will cut heads off until it's okay for me to do what I want to do. <laughs> I will create well, my step own, it up. I will create my own church where I can marry American actresses. Well, yeah. <laughs> because I'm the king. Uh all right, I think you already won, Jesse, but this question is for me. What city did Adolf Hitler plan to rename Germania? I'm gonna go with Paris, France. That's what I was gonna say too. Rename Germania, maybe like, um, ooh, um, this makes for good podcast. Capital Wait. of Poland. Warsaw. Warsaw. All right. It must be Paris. It's actually Berlin. God damn it. <laughs> what did he have against Berlin? I don't know, man. That's bizarre. Well, Hitler wasn't really known for his great ideas. <laughs> That's true, and he was probably like, oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's my Hitler impersonation. Good good job. He's uh, like, Stalin gets to rename his cities whatever right? he wants. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't name it Adolfberg. <laughs> yeah, Hitlertopia. Like, Stalin was like, I need to name this place Stalingrad right now. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jesse, you win everything this week, but you did defer, which means that uh, it's time to move on to my second topic, which has to do about games. Here we go. Finish All right, so this week, uh, there's this online retailer named Zavi. Have you heard about this online retailer? I think they're only in Britain. Speaking Wasn't of that Britain. a character from Snatch? Zavi? No, that's Avi. Oh, okay. Hello, Avi. Good. Wow, I didn't know you had that uh, movie clip already queued up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Nemesis means? Wow, you got all those great Snatch clips queued up. A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent. Anyway. Jesse, online retailer Zavi. Apparently, there were a bunch of people in Britain who ordered the PS Vita tile Tearaway, which has actually got really good reviews as a PS Vita game. Um, they ordered all of these Tearaway games from the online retailer Zavi. Unfortunately, there was a little mix-up at the warehouse, and instead of getting Tearaway the game, they got Tearaway the bundle, which means that they not only got Tearaway, but they also got a PS Vita to go along oh. with it. Oh, that's awesome. It is really awesome. That's so cool. You're sitting here at Christmas. You're really happy about it. You say, oh, look at this. I get a little extra from Zavi. I think I'm going to buy from them again. But then you get a letter from Zavi. (laughs) And this letter from Zavi. That letter, that goes right in my stack of letters you never open. (laughs) Deniability. That comes in. uh, Nope. Just uh, that one one gets uh, stashed away. Sorry. The letter from Zavi reads, We are contacting you in order for us to arrange a collection of the incorrect item which is on the way to you. If possible, please keep the parcel in its original packing, uh, packaging 
ready to hand back to the courier. Okay, and it says, a number of customers, this is a report from Polygon, says, a number of customers have since cited the distant selling regulations, a consumer law that entitles those sent unsolicited goods to treat them as an unconditional gift and to do with them as you choose. <laughs> which I, I think love is true. when there's bullshit rules. <laughs> like, well, I think it makes sense. If somebody sends you something in the mail, that's yours. Yeah, yeah, totally. They can't just come and take it. You can ask them to give it back to you, but right, you put it in the mail. You put my name on it. It's mine, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, Zavi doesn't see it that way. What? Uh, it apparently it says uh that uh where is it here? Um, now warning that those who have not arranged a collection time to enforce any and or all legal remedies available to us. They're threatening legal action to get their PS Vitas back that they accidentally sent to people. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, this is kind of like your bad. It's a total your bad. This is like moments in terrible customer service. <laughs> well, I mean, how many of these did they send out? Uh, it doesn't say in the article. Because <laughs> I, I could understand if they sent out 10,000 Vitas. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is a multi-million dollar mistake or something, yeah, you kind of got to go at it and see what, how you can salvage this. Well, you got to, but they are, they're just straight up posturing. I mean, it's all just threats oh, yeah, because, totally. like you said, if somebody sends you something in the mail, that thing is now yours, right? I think that's what you said, but go on. <laughs> I don't think that it really, uh, I don't think it deviates too much from that. Uh, so uh, it says, uh, I got the whole letter here. It says, as you are aware, as a result of a technical error, you were not sent Tearaway, priced at approximately nineteen ninety nine, and instead were sent a PS Vita, priced at approximately one hundred and sixty nine ninety nine. Those are British pounds, by the way. Pounds sterling. Uh, this was an error on our part, and we apologize for any inconvenience that this has caused you. Really no inconvenience, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you inconveniently made me the best dad ever this Christmas with this sweet gift. I mean, the funny thing about this is if they order Tearaway, they already have a PS Vita. So now you just have an extra Vita. That means you just yeah, exactly. sell it on eBay uh, in the original packaging and make somebody else's Christmas happy because they got a discount Vita on eBay. There you go. I love this. Like, this, these guys are really uh, up a creek without a paddle. Yeah, that's... Uh, man, I do feel kind of bad for them. Like, this well, sucks. It does suck from a corporate standpoint, but if you look at it from another standpoint, this is great PR for you, okay? Because you sent out a bunch of Vitas. <laughs> where are you going to buy your next game? The place where you get your game or the place where you get an extra $100, $150 value, right? I'm yeah. going to be ordering from this website every single time, hoping that another warehouse mistake sends me something that uh, something a little extra in the mail. Yeah, they could spin it into like their Black Friday special, like it must be a factory makes up again. <laughs> factory makes up Black Friday extravaganza. Exactly. Order one thing, get seven things more. <laughs> but that you already have. Yeah, exactly. But- Please select an item from this list of things you already have. <laughs> I love it, dude. Anyway, I just wanted to highlight that. I thought it was a, it was a great thing at this holiday season uh, to uh, really make consumers hate you. Good idea. <laughs> British retailer Zavi. 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 Yeah, just, 
embrace it. You had a Santa Claus moment. Exactly. Have you your Santa moment. And like I said, if they really wanted to do this, like gamers are very vocal. Just check out our gaming. And they're also a hive mind. If you wanted to spin this in a good way, it could really turn into a great consumer opportunity for you. But instead, they decided to be dicks about it. And that's never really the right route. Yeah. Um, you can't really get away with that stuff. Right. Like, with Especially with gamers. Because right. they're online. They're already bored. They have disposable <laughs> time and income. They're super bored, man. They're just looking for the next thing to be outraged about. Exactly. They should, like, if I was them, I'd be like, keep it, sure. Please return it if you can. It was an accident. So if you can understand where we're coming from, I'd really appreciate it. Right. If you want to keep it, keep it. Or we would encourage you to, like, give it to Child's Play. There you go. Donate it to Child's Play Charity. Toys for Tots, man. There you go. All right, Jesse, what's your Seco Topo? Um, I want to bring back, uh, is it worse than a punch in the face? Is it worse than a punch in the face? Thank you, Merv Griffin. Thank you. <laughs> I know your name is Mark, but I prefer to call you Merv Griffin. Did you know that Merv Griffin wrote the Jeopardy theme song? Yes, I did. And Mark Griffin is kind of the other Merv Griffin. I know. I think they might be related. I love it. I thank think you. Mark is Merv's son, actually. By the way, Mark, do thank you for that uh, drop. It's great. <laughs> so number one, this is uh, something you're afraid of, Eric. Uh-huh. You mentioned it earlier. Is it worse than a punch in the face, the knockout game? Yes. <laughs> this is. I know I, this is a catch-22. I hate the knockout game so bad. Well, it's, it's the, worst, the thing because worst thing. There's a couple things about the knockout game. First of all, it's inhumane, brutal, and and uh, just the cowardly. worst. Cowardly. Cowardly, the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, second of all, the media per- per- perpetuating this thing as a game, I think, softens the blow as to how awful and terrible this thing I actually think so is. Too. They should know what they should call it the knockout crime. Yeah, or how about just the fucking assault? Knocking out people. How about how about cowardly assault and battery? <laughs> cowardly assault in the first degree. Uh, can you explain what the knockout game? Uh, can you explain what the knockout crime is to people? <laughs> the knockout crime is a crime people play, where like you get one of your buddies to film you while you sucker punch someone and try and knock them out in one hit. Yeah, which is just uh, aggravated assault and battery. Absolutely, dude. It's awful. It is repulsive. Because the fact of the matter is, dude, this is like, like, to any of us who have family, like, I mean, I could, like, I if I were a victim of the knockout crime, that's one thing. If my wife were targeted, I would be on a fucking rampage. Yeah, it would be rage time. It would be rage-tastic. That's all I'm saying, dude. Like, any, these people obviously don't have loved ones in their lives. If they don't have the kind of empathy that that would prevent yeah, a human really being from doing this to another, it is. It's completely sociopath behavior. And yes, it's the knockout crime. And yes, it's worse than a punch in the face. I'd rather be punched in the face than have anybody I know be a victim of this knockout crime. Oh, that's that's a good way to put it. Okay, so number two here, uh, having your favorite sports team lose to a team that occasionally wears gold pants. <laughs> this is the great thing about this loss, right? Is that uh, 49er fans are like, yes! Yeah! That's a 49er fan. This is a Seahawks fan. Meh. Yeah. 
Oh well, eleven and two. All right, eleven and two, guys. Moving Great on. job! You beat us by two points on kind of a fluky run. Way yeah. to go! You really did it. You did it so hard. You beat us by two points at home. Uh, it was um, it was a good game though. It was a good game. It was good football. I thought that the CX were going to pull it out, but... I thought so, too, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and you know what? I would love to see the 49ers come up here to Seattle and try that shit. <laughs> well, it might happen in the playoffs. It might happen in the playoffs. Were uh, some punch in the face? No. <laughs> First of all, the gold pants are kind of cool because they're so well, weird. I, I hate all metallic on uniforms. It's so gross. You don't like, like classic Seahawks silver pants? No, I don't. I don't like metallic pants. I don't like metallic helmets. Mm -hmm. Don't like it. Stick to mats, please. You don't like uh, the Patriots helmets? No. <laughs> Should I just go through every team to see if you like their helmets <laughs> or pants? I feel like the 49ers gold pants are fine, though, because they are a weirdly mustardy gold, whereas... The Saints gold pants are just straight up shiny gold. Yeah. Like shiny gold. I can't I can't really go against the 49ers uniforms because I feel like they have a very classic look. Uh can I hate the 49ers with every fiber of my soul? Yes, I can. <laughs> that is easy because they're a bunch of dicks. Yeah. They're a yeah. golden bag of dicks. Oh, why did you think of that Colin Kaepernick commercial? Oh, with the Beats head? With the Beats. Yeah, I was like, okay, I guess there's another reason why we'll never buy Beats headphones. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I like, at least they um made it seem like people from Seattle have a little bit of emotion. <laughs> yeah, there was that. that. There was that. Was that. Nice. There was like, a little wow, bit of they're fire. really riled up. That's not what Seattle likes are like at all. Yeah, that's true. Have you heard about this thing? Uh, so the 49ers before the game... <laughs> On the Jumbotron, they show, like, five steps to cheering. Oh. They, they have, like, instructions on how to root for the team in the stadium. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so well. cute that they have to actually, like, put a video up that says, Hey, when the other team is on third down, be really loud. Was it narrated by the guy who does that uh, roller coaster? Yeah. <laughs> Keep your hands and arms inside the curtain. This is a wild fright in the wilderness. I mean, yeah. really, uh, you know, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is the 49ers ride, right? It really is. What's the Seahawks ride then? Uh, Operation Eagle Drop? <laughs> I don't know. Eagle Town. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be the Eagles. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's uh, that's that's not worse than a punch in the face. Good for you, 49ers. A good moral victory there. So number three here, Eric. Uh, baseball banning collisions at home plate. Hmm? Have you heard about this? No more hmm. collisions at home plate. What? What? Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 what? This is breaking news. Are you fucking kidding me? I got it from Google News Sports. I thought you would be on this. Oh, my God. That is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. It's apparently to cut down on the injuries and stuff. All right. So here is the full scoop. Okay. Major League Baseball set to ban home plate collisions needs Major League Baseball Players Association approval. Do you think, do you think that'll happen? I don't know, man. Like, this is a big part of the game. Yeah, it's the most exciting thing that can happen is when the guy's charging down from third base. Right. 
If you're in the base path, the then the guy can know? run you over. Like, I don't understand. First of all, this is, like, totally nerfing the game. Because how are they going to enforce this? Does this mean that catchers can't block home plate? Like, I don't know. I mean, well, here's a question. Like, so the catcher has a ball, but if you, like, plow him over and he drops the ball, then you're safe, right? Right, yes. Why can't you do that to, like, the second baseman? You can. If the second baseman is blocking the plate, you can do that. If, oh. the, if the second baseman is in the base path, you can run him over. Really? The thing is, second basemen don't do that because they're not wearing a ton of pads. <laughs> Why doesn't the uh, catcher just kind of get to the side and be like, bloop, got you. Bloopy doop. Uh, that's a good question. Check it out. <laughs> well, I mean, usually these are bang bang plays. So the guy is already blocking the plate and then he gets the ball and then uses his body to tag the runner. They're oh, like yeah, bang, bang, sense. bang, right? Yeah. Um, but, and, and to your point, they do do this at second base. Breaking up a double play is part of the game. And what that means is that if you're on first base and then the hitter hits into a double play, it goes to the second baseman or the shortstop at second base. Your job as the runner is to either block the ball or run into the second baseman or shortstop so that it prevents the, 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 the throw to first base or gets the f- throw to first base offline, and then the guy will be safe at first. Gotcha. It's a major part of the game. And it right. has been for 150 years. So what the hell are you thinking trying to get rid of this thing? All right. Well, I guess it's because people get hurt doing it, though. Well, of course they do. It's a game. <laughs> it's a f- it's a game, guys. All right, this is the rule. It says, The catcher without the ball in his possession has no right to block the pathway of the runner attempting to score. The baseline belongs to the runner, and the catcher should be there only when he is fielding ball fielding a ball or when he already has the ball in his hand. So this means that, yeah, you can't block the plate before you have the ball. This is just BS, dude. This is absolute BS. They've also approved replay in baseball. Baseball is one of the most precious sports because it has the longest history. Do whatever you want to football. Football is about dudes hitting each other. Baseball is a sport of tradition. The oldest baseball teams that are in existence today in the major leagues Date back to the 1860s, okay? This is an old, old game. You keep the tenets of the game in place. There are classic collisions at home plate. There's a home plate collision uh, in the 2003 NLDS where you had Pudge Rodriguez holding onto the ball, securing the Marlins ticket to the World Series. You, of course, have the collision at the plate of Pete Rose in the All-Star game in the late 70s that ended the career of the catcher that he ran into. That is baseball lore. These these home plate collisions are a huge, huge part of the game, and they should not be removed. I am incensed about this. This is worse than a punch in the face. Wow. Well, I'm actually surprised. I, I broke some uh, baseball news on here. Oh, my God. This is the worst. I lifted my baseball band last week, and then I was like, you know what? I got to take it to Eric. <laughs> This is BS, man. This is awful. Thank you for removing a really great part of the game. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, So jumping over to uh, the final two will be Christmas-themed. Early arrivers at the Christmas party. These are the people when (laughs) this happens to me every year. Same family members. Uh Party starts at 5. They're there by noon. By noon. Uh, By noon? Five hours early. (laughs) Well, this is the thing about your parties, dude, is they're all family. If you invite yeah. friends, they'll be polite. <laughs> That's family, true. Yeah, no. Is a family yeah. member attending a party actually a party goer, or is it just a family member? 
Yeah, that's just someone who showed up at your house that you're not allowed to kick out because it's Christmas. And they're family. Yeah. So it's your fault for inviting family members, not worse than a punch in the face. Uh, okay, fair enough. This one's on me. <laughs> All right. And finally, how about the over pa- overly packaged packaging? Mm-hmm. Where you're, you know, you get frustrated and you got to get the scissors, but the sh- scissors aren't sharp enough, and there's not even room to get them in between the zip tie and the plastic anyway. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, yeah, worse than a punch in the face. That one's worse okay. because it, it's it, it's not just a punch in the face; it's a cut in the hand on the freaking <laughs> sharp plastic shards that you create by trying to cut the plastic off of the damn Christmas thing. Christmas ruined. Who are you trying to? prevent this i bought this from amazon no one's gonna steal it god please tell ups that (laughs) we can't leave your 11 dollar thing at your door because someone could probably steal it we need you to sign for that oh you can't be home to sign for it well we can't let you sign the slip you actually have to come down to the distribution center in the middle of nowhere in order to pick it up apparently there's apparently there's been a rash of amazon packaged theft dude in like uh auburn or somewhere oh i've seen it i saw it on king five news however uh they leave the packages at the back door of my apartment which is surrounded by bushes there's no way that you would be able to see it from the street it incenses me this ups bullshit yes it is worse than the punch in the face and thank you for asking jesse anytime something shipped by ups there we have it like, this is the thing. Like, I just ordered a, a headset, a Plantronics headset, so that we could play Civ together and do Google Chat, because I don't have a headset. Mm-hmm. I order this from Newegg. They send it out. They say it's going to be here today. It's not. It gets delayed a day from UPS. It's going to be sent tomorrow. However, I'm going to be in Maui tomorrow, and Uh-oh. now i got to deal with UPS and all this BS. <laughs> you-, you just defined a first world problem. I really did. <laughs> Sorry. All right, let's move on uh, to uh, Facebook Roundup. But before we do, we talk about the Ball Move Network. Guys, uh, we got the wrap-up, the mid-season wrap-up of Watching Dead is now on BallMove.com. If you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you got to be a part of the show. Uh, of course, I'm always going to recommend, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, please go on Netflix and watch the show. It is an amazing show. And then once you get to season th- three or four, I can't remember which one, uh, be sure to accompany that with all of the Breaking Good podcasts because it's great listening, guys. Uh, on top of that, we got uh, the Because Show, uh, the ladies down from Los Angeles. Love listening uh, to this podcast with my wife in the car. It's a great uh, moment for us to bond, to talk, to uh, advise, and to laugh. And that's the Because Show. And, and then we also have uh, Up Yours Downstairs, which is your bi-weekly podcast about everything Edwardian. If it's on Masterpiece, it is on Up Yours Downstairs. And they're like professional comedians, so get up on there. We got a lot of great stuff at BallMove.com. And not only do we have excellent, excellent podcasts, we also have an excellent, excellent uh, charity thing happening right now. Guys, you're buying presents for your family on Amazon.com. That's a fact. I know it's a fact because I read your mail. And uh, and uh, we're doing something that is really awesome uh, to accompany your Amazon shopping. All you have to do, all that you have to do, people, is go to Amazon.BaldMove.com. You go to Amazon.BaldMove.com. Put that in your browser. It pops up. It looks like normal Amazon. You're like, oh, all this stuff is still here. I'm going to buy my Plantronics headset and get it sent to me via UPS. Uh 
But the difference is when you buy from Amazon.BaldMove.com, a portion of that sale goes to BaldMove.com. Now, you could say, you guys are a bunch of fat cats. Why do you need a bunch of money? And we say we don't. In fact, we want to give this money to sick children in the hospital through the Child's Play organization. Every dollar collected from Amazon.BaldMove.com in the month of December is going to Child's Play. And guys, you've already responded in a big, big way. We've raised $2,084. We have a goal of $3,000. It's not even halfway through the month, and we've gotten to this point. But say you don't want to spend on Amazon, you can also go to baldmove.com, and we have a PayPal donation also set up there. So you can donate directly if you want to do that, or you can just do your regular Christmas shopping. It doesn't cost you a cent extra. Anything you buy on Amazon.com, we get a cut of that, and we give it straight to sick kids in the hospital. So uh, be sure to go to Amazon.BaldMove.com and support the Child's Play charity. Uh, on top of that, you can get in touch with us. Like we said earlier, you can call us at 360-362-0024. You can find us on Facebook. We are on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, and we are on the Bald Move Facebook page. You can send us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast, and you can rate and review us on iTunes. If you do that, it helps us out a ton. It really does get more listeners on the show. If you haven't done that, give us a Christmas present, rate and review us on iTunes. And on top of all that, if you've done all that, find a friend who's never heard of us and uh, share the love a little bit. And that's how you can get in touch with the show. Each week, we post on Facebook, say, hey, guys, we're recording. What do you want us to talk about? it?" And we talk about it here in the Facebook Roundup. And uh, let's get to the Facebook Roundup right now. Ben, starting it off, says, spending 10 hours on a rocky mountain in the middle of Australia, plus 40-degree heat, mild dehydration for a tent, and some walkie-talkies. Worth it. No. <laughs> and by the way, this is Australian 40 degrees. It's actually like 100 degrees plus. Yeah, that's like 104 or something. It's funny. There's this guy on my... Uh, I, I play football every um, every Saturday uh, with my softball team uh, that I met on Reddit. And one of the guys is from Australia. And so we played this week. It was 28 degrees. And he like posted on Facebook that it was like negative four. And I was like, come on, dude. It's 28. Yeah, but negative four sounds better. It really does. That's the thing of like American degrees, whatever you call them, Fahrenheit. Uh, those are those are better. They sound better for hot temperatures. Mm -hmm. It's like forty degrees, no big deal, even though it's really hot. But the uh, Celsius definitely sounds better for cold temperatures. That's true. Like basically anything between forty degrees Fahrenheit and negative forty degrees Fahrenheit, you want to go with Celsius. Anyway, Mitch Netzer says, <laughs> games to yeah, play. that's the rule of thumb, guys. That is the rule of thumb. Mitch says, uh, games to play and Netflix suggestions to watch. While on paternity leave, I need to be prepared. Help me and get off my back. Jesse, you are a new dad. You're technically yeah, an old dad it's, now. It's, yeah, I know. My my daughter is not an infant, but a toddler. Mm -hmm. So what are the uh, Netflix slash game suggestions for uh, a new dad like Mitch? I don't know. I've, I'm not going to answer this. You got paternity leave. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> How about Faster Than Light? Yeah. Yeah, FDL's good. Yeah. Um, a, a game that you can leave <laughs> at a <laughs> moment's back. notice, you know. Yeah, so save where you have to be totally glued to it, but where you can kind of play it and also get other stuff done. Yeah, Civ is perfect. Civ, FTL. And by the way, Mitch, if you haven't seen uh, freaking Breaking Bad, watch it. 
on Netflix. Accompany it with the Breaking Good podcast. Not and you'll with be your a- child present. Oh, come on. It's a it's an incoherent human. They have no idea. It's only a sponge. A, con- <laughs> a sponge, of con- sponge of constant learning. <laughs> Great indie. A magic item, by the way. I love it. We got to plow through these. All right. Jonathan says, what is your favorite holiday tradition and funniest holiday story? I don't really have a good answer for I don't have a good story, but for tradition, what we do in my family, and I've carried it over into my new family, meaning once I got married and started my own family, but even though I don't have a child, I still have a family. I don't have to defend this. Uh, I'm not a person or anything. <laughs> I, uh, one thing we do is on Christmas Eve, we open pajamas. Oh, that's a great tradition. Yeah, it's really good. I've been doing that since I was a kid, and then I carried it over. Because you get pajamas, you get to put them on, brand new pajamas. Who doesn't love yeah, that? That's a really good idea. And then you wear them the next morning, and you open up your Christmas presents. Who, who buys who pajamas, though? You buy each other pajamas. Okay. So you have, like, a, a secret Santa of pajamas? Well, no. Like, you know, my mom would buy the pajamas for the family, and now I what? buy pajamas okay. for Lydia, and she buys pajamas for me. I'm just worried that there would be, like, a miscommunication and someone gets left out of pajama time. No. And someone gets two pairs of pajamas. Well, I got two pairs of pajamas last year because I was trying to start the tradition, so I bought myself some pajamas, but Lydia was already (laughs) privy to it, so she also bought me pajamas. Double pajama time. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, (laughs) sir. All right, Josh says, as a Red Sox fan, I'm glad to see Cano leaving the Yankees. He's a potential MVP. Wow, that's a strong statement. But $24 million a year is a lot of money. I hope they can put a team around him. Corey Hart is a good start. Ooh, a rhyme. Yeah, that's right, guys. We got the third highest player, highest paid player in baseball here in Seattle. And, you know, why not? The Mariners need to do something, and they did something. So it's done. Uh, Jake- but they really, just, they really were just buying a guy who's great at charging home base. I know, and now it's all oh, it's, it's, it's all for naught. Uh, Jacob Jones Martinez says, "Eric, fantasy football side bet. I am playing Jacob in the semifinals of the Arrogant Move League this week." He says, "Store parking lots at Christmas time. Worse than a punch in the face. How about a whole holiday themed worse than a punch in the face?" I think we got the holiday themed in there. Yeah, you, this this was my inspiration. What do you think about store parking? I don't know. I live in a tiny town. It's like no big deal. You know how you can avoid star parking? Amazon.ballmove.com. Boom. Boom. Uh, and fantasy football side bet, Jacob. I'll uh, see if I'll I'll see if I can come up with something. But I'm going to be in Hawaii we do tomorrow. A beer bet. Oh, we should do a beer bet for sure. Uh, send me your favorite brew, and I will yeah. send it to you. Yeah. Well, loser, loser buys. Right. Loser mails out their favorite brew to the winner. Yeah. So Jacob sends it to me. Hey-o. Uh JM says, hey guys, been working on grad school all week and didn't get a chance to call in, but I'm not that sorry to see Cano leave as a Yanks fan. A lot of Yanks fan, a lot of Cano talk. 10 years is way too much for a player on the wrong side of 30, and I bet he gets traded before the end of the contract. Thanks for the memories, Robbie, and good luck in the Pacific NW. I agree. I don't think that Robinson Cano is going to be a Mariner for that entire contract if you look at these contracts. Uh, even, even look at Prince Fielder. He was signed two years ago and now he's a Texas Ranger. Of course, this, this contract reminds me a lot of A-Rod signing with the Rangers. I don't need to get too far into Wait, is there a guy really named Prince Fielder? Yeah. That's a great, please tell me he plays in the outfield. No, he plays first base, dude. And he's like. I guess infield, still. And he might be the pudgiest, uh, player in the majors. I'm not even joking, but he's a great hitter. 
great, great name for a baseball player. Uh, Mike Merriman says, uh, favorite stand-up comedian, living or dead, Jesse, go. Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg for you. Uh, this one's tough for me. I mean, I just have boring answers, dude. Like, Mitch Hedberg, Fine of course. Well, Mitch Hedberg is great, but I mean, like, Chris Rock always puts together a great show. Uh, of course, Louis C.K. is Those awesome. Are Those are legendary comedians. That's a totally good answer. Yeah. All right, I'll go with that. Um, what's? Why can't I remember the guy from Texas? Uh, who was like in the 80s and he died of cancer. Oh, uh, Bill Hicks? Bill Hicks, of course. I, I just go with the legends. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen a Bill Hicks stand-up, actually. You haven't? You should watch them. They're on Netflix. Yeah, maybe I will. Uh, Levi, yeah, early reco. Levi says, Jim and Aaron got me started looking at Kickstarter more often after the two ball move campaigns. Have you guys supported any Kickstarter campaigns? Also, I have two suggestions for great geek gifts. First is Lego. I'm biased because I love Lego. But, of course, Lego is a great gift because you could buy it for your kid if you have a kid and then you can play with it or you can just buy it for yourself. Yeah, uh, I bought some Lego for my daughter before she was born. And then I was like, oh, wait, she has to be like seven at least to play with this. Yeah, I'll just hold on to it until then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and he says, second, great coffee table book that incorporates their interest. I got Dark Lens for a friend a couple of years ago. The photographer took pictures of urban landscapes and added Star Wars elements to them. Great book. Hey, man, coffee, coffee table books are great. You can get them like at half price books for real cheap. Totally. Half price, even. Or less. Uh, Kickstarter. One thing I love on Kickstarter is the board game section. So check that out. Um, yeah, I bought a book about a, a striker battalion in Iraq. Mm-hmm. I read half of it. Oh, Jacob Jones Martinez is back. Says, also, can y'all start using the PA Twitter? <laughs> it would be good <laughs> to have a little more arrogance during the week. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll maybe that's a good New Year's resolution. Uh, Rob Zip says, do you guys get flu shots? I wish I would have. Rob Zip nope. has the sick. I did not. I've never gotten I a flu don't. shot. I save it for the babies and the grandmas. Save it for babies and kids, man. It's not going to kill me if I get the flu. I've had swine flu and I beat that shit. I feel like I've, I'm, I have um, eternal immunity since I beat the worst flu of all time. <laughs> that is not the worst flu of all time. It was pretty bad. There's a little thing called the Spanish flu that killed tens of millions of people. Well, they didn't have, uh, you know, pasteurized orange juice like I did. <laughs> uh, Levi, <laughs> Levi Jete says, have you been watching Almost Human? If not, I recommend it. Action humor and fun Android theory. I actually kind of want to see this show just because it has Judge Dredd in it. I watched a little of it and I thought it was garbage, but I was watching it on that TV screen at the Alaska Lodge. Mm-hmm. Which you can attest to was yeah. such good definition, it looked weird. That was the crazy thing about that TV. It was so high quality that it made everything look like it was shot on a camcorder. Yeah, it, it was like treading down the uncanny valley. Because yeah. I'm like, I can tell these are actors. Like, I'm totally out yeah. of the element. The fourth wall has been demolished. I can see every pore and blemish <laughs> and even, like, the thoughts of you know, what they had for craft service that morning exactly. in their head. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, maybe I'll check it out on my laptop. And then finally, Angela says, damn it, I meant to call in. Angela, call in by 645 on Wednesday night, and you will get on the show 360-362-0024. Let's move on to recos. Jesse, what's your first reco? Mm. Uh, work of holy. 
Season 2 and 3 on Amazon Prime. If you have it, go watch it for free. Well, not free, but included in your Amazon Prime account. All right, Workaholics. And I believe Season 1 is on Netflix, if you want to get into it. one or more. Yeah. But Seasons 1, 2, and 3 are on Amazon Prime. Okay, and then uh, I'm going to recommend a podcast called Welcome... Is it Welcome to Night Vale, or it might just be Night Vale? I think it's Welcome to Night Vale. Basically, it's a uh, it's a podcast that's uh, basically community radio from a Lovecraftian slash Twin Peaks era town in the middle of the desert in the Southwest. Wow! And it's like twenty minute episodes, and it's basically the news from this like town where portals are appearing and pyramids are uh, materializing and uh, angels are. Uh, appearing to people and it's really really entertaining it's dryly funny and it has a musical break in every show each show is about 25 minutes i can't recommend it enough welcome to night vale cool what's your second reco also on amazon prime if you want to watch videos intervention season 12 love it should be on. <laughs> this should be maybe on your uh on your uh uh eternity leave list um <laughs> And uh, finally, my second uh, reco will be, I tried a beer this week that might be my favorite beer I've ever had in my life. Oh, my. It's very hard to get. It costs $7.50 a 12-ounce, or an 11.5-ounce. And it's called Mobius. It is from the Omnipolo Brewery in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I was I was down in Georgetown in South Seattle this week, and I and my brother-in-law and I happened to stumble on a beer store. He walked in and he bought it based on label alone. We each tried half of it, and it was amazingly delicious. It's an imperial IPA, but it's got the hop characteristics that I love in an IPA. Like what I want in an IPA is I want it to taste like I'm biting into a crisp Granny Smith apple. I'm not talking about apple flavoring like you get in an apple teeny. I'm talking about the delicious bitter and sour notes that you find in a ripe Granny Smith apple. This beer uh, exemplified those attributes and more in a way that I am now searching for. I'm in an internal quest for the Mobius from Omnipolo. So if you get a chance, get this beer. It is an amazing, amazing beer. Mobius. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for this week, guys. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And uh, uh, aloha to me, I guess, because I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. Uh, and Jesse, uh, thanks for being on. And uh, Melakalikimaka to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the listener, wherever you go. Oh, whatever you do. Please stay arrogant.